Some time ago, there was a notice that appeared in a newspaper up in one of the New England states, a small community, and it said, to those who bought our book, Skydiving Made Easy, please make the correction on page 12, paragraph 3, line 2. The word state zip code should actually read pull ripcord. And of course, we regret any inconvenience that this mistake may have caused you. I suspect that might have caused a scar or two. I mean, we all have scars in life, right? There are wounds that we have, we can point to. Many of them are emotional. Many are spiritual, but there's even the physical. But all of those scars are ugly, aren't they? That feeling of defeat, that agony of failure, of loss, things that were in our grip one day and we lose hold of the next. Well, this morning we're continuing our focus here as we begin the year trying to help everybody get their life back. We're talking about the biggest loser. You know, that contest where actually being the biggest loser is actually being the biggest winner to let go of the things that really are weighing you down, the things that threaten your life, the obstacles that sometimes are preventing us from moving forward in our Christian walk and really serving Jesus and living for God and have that abundant joy in our lives. And so I wanna challenge you today to shed defeat in your life. The fact is, as you know, everybody experiences those moments of defeat, those times where we have a setback, and even in our Christian life. Life, as you know, is not this uh, really unbroken series of victories where we're on top of the mountain day in and day out. Nobody is perfect and everybody makes mistakes and problems are gonna come and visit our lives. And sometimes the defeat is brought on by us. Sometimes we, as Christian people, we make mistakes. We sin against God. We do something we shouldn't do. We succumb to temptation. Or there's something that God is wanting us to do, and we fail to step out and do it. But other times there are those defeats that just come into our lives, and we didn't really necessarily have anything to do with it. And so often we feel overwhelmed in life. I believe it's in the military. Sometimes they'll call it OBE, overcome by events. And believe you me, I've had plenty of moments in my life where I felt overcome. Where there was just an avalanche of problems and you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. You don't know how did you get in this mess anyway, but you just feel so defeated. And you know, when I'm in those kinds of moments, I remember the guy known as Job. Job has been called that great book out of the Old Testament. It's been called, he's been called the Shakespeare of the Old Testament. In fact, it was Tennyson who said this is the greatest poem of and the antiquities as well as any modern day literature. And chapter one gives us the basic facts about this guy. And here was a successful man, a God-fearing man. We know his name was Job, and he came from the land of Uz, which is a very unusual place. Nobody even really to this day knows where it's located. Somewhere in the Mesopotamian region, evidently, and maybe even in the land of modern-day Syria. But nevertheless, here's a guy that seemed to have it all. 
And we know that he succumbed one after another, all of these terrible losses in his life. And sometimes when I'm going through difficult times, I just think about this guy. And I think of everything he endured. And then you get to chapter 2 and you find out the first things that he went through was not even really a test according to Satan. For it says here, a man will endure whatever he can to save his life, but you simply touch his bone and his flesh, and Satan says, Job will curse you and die. And God says, well, you're on. I'll let you take this up and we'll see what happens. And that's how Job comes to experience all of these defeats in life, one after another, as he loses his family members, he loses the farm, he loses everything. And then to boot, he's sitting there on the ash pile of the fire, and his body is afflicted with sores, the scripture says, from head to toe. And his wife, who was unnamed, we really don't know her name, she says, why don't you just curse God and die? But Job refuses as the story continues and unfolds before us. And then we get to chapter 17 and verse 11, it says, My days have passed, my plans are shattered, and so are the desires of my heart. Have you ever felt like that? That your dreams are just shattered? Your plans have just been dashed? You just feel this crushing burden and you've been left behind. Job loses all hope that God will ever deliver him, and he just sinks even deeper into despair. And he says, my plans and my desires and my heart are completely shattered. You know, everybody experiences that at some point in time in their life. And maybe you're here today, and you're like, my life is going great, and I want to say, God bless you. But you know, one of these days, you just might come into a moment where you fear the avalanche of burden and great defeat in your life. We all have failures. I know there have been times in my life where I didn't pass the test. There have been moments when I didn't do so good in the interview. We've all been suffering from big colitis these last 31 years. We had high hopes at the beginning of the season, and they start off winning a few games, and then one by one, you know, it's right down to the bottom of the list. Who knows what will happen today, but you know what? Life will go on. One game will not define us. We all need to remember that you are not your failure. In America, we don't have a lot of patience for losers, do we? I mean, you know, if a team gets on a, a losing streak, I mean, the sales plummet. Ticket sales just, just drop and bottom out. Uh, there's a famous expression we had, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. And everybody wants to succeed. But so many keep that fear and the worry of success, that defeat rides in their life, and they just can't seem to move forward. And you know, I want to say to you that when you understand what God says, when you have a great relationship with the Lord and you're really surrendering your life to God and calling upon God, the Holy Spirit, to fill your life and lead your life, it makes all the difference in the world because you know what to do. And I wanna bring some things out of the scriptures today because there are gonna be those things in life where we need to go back to God and we need to say, Lord, we need your help, we need your forgiveness. That's why so often we can stand and sing amazing grace because we know just how bad we can make things, the mistakes that we can serve out, the problems that we can create, we need God's grace 
And God stands there to forgive us because we do have a lot of failures. We have a lot of problems in life. And so we know that there is nothing better than a great success story, a wonderful novel that we read about how somebody really, really made it. But we also know that we're interested in those portraits of defeat. And we know what it's like to walk back, at least I do, to the dugout dragging the baseball bat behind me. And we sympathized with the guy at Coca-Cola that came out a few years ago and wanted us all switch over to the new thing, the new Coke. And we forgive the people there at uh, Decca Records who rejected the Beatles. And maybe even the guy, the engineers who designed the Edsel. Now the Edsel, that automobile, they say was the car of the decade back in the 1950s. It was before my day, but sure enough, it stood out from the fleet. They said it had a door that wouldn't close, a hood that wouldn't open, and a horn that wouldn't honk. And they further said there's never been a report of anybody stealing an Edsel. I'm telling you, failure is a guarantee. It's going to come early and often in our lives. And even when you just think that everything is going well and you've just been a great success, I also remember the story the uh, the British Army came out back years ago to help when the firefighters in London went on strike. And it hadn't been but a few days, but a call came out that somebody's cat was stuck in a tree. And so with sirens blaring, they went down through the neighborhoods and they got to the lady's house and very carefully and cleverly, they saved the cat. And the lady was so overtaken, she was so full of joy. Thank you for saving my cat. She invited them in for a cup of tea, and lo and behold, as they were leaving, to well wishes and waves, they ran over the cat. <laughs> Failure like that is gonna come into our lives. And you know what? The closest you're ever gonna to be to perfection is perhaps on your resume. Or when you're going in for that interview and you are dishing out your best stuff and putting your foot forward. But when you're standing in the midst of shattered dreams, when your marriage is crumbling, when your dream job has just been cut, when the children, those wonderful precious souls in your life are dealing with stuff that's unimaginable and you just feel so crushed, you need ammo. You need the Lord in your life. You need the presence of God that you can drink deep, you can rely upon, you can find strength to put the next foot forward and to be faithful in your walk of God. Let me just quickly give you some things that I think you ought to consider if you're in defeat today and you wanna move forward, you wanna be a big loser, have defeat in your life and move forward, you need to consider this. One is you need to acknowledge the defeat. It doesn't do any good to sweep anything under the rug because we all know it just creates wrinkles. And here is where the book of Proverbs, this incredible verse that speaks to us here about Proverbs 28, 13, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful, but if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. It begins with confessing your mistake. You know, the one who refuses to admit a mistake is just wasted and worthless. And, you know, you make mistakes, the best thing to do is just a minute and face up to it. Being honest with yourself is really the first step, acknowledging the mess 
and moving forward. It's natural for us to want to pass the buck, isn't it? I mean, even in the early chapters of the Bible, that's what Adam and Eve did. They just passed the buck. Well, she made me do it. And we've been doing it ever since. Losers are pros at blaming other people. And it's been said to blame is to be lame. And losers are pros at passing the buck. And let's face it, we blame everything today. We blame, well, the media made me do it, or uh, we blame the economy, or we blame fate, or luck, or our parents, or the government, or our spouse. Unbelievers, they blame astrologists. But God says, if you want to start over, you got to admit. you got to go and say, Lord, I need help. We don't have to pretend that we're perfect because we know that we are going to face problem after problem. We're human and we're going to make mistakes. In fact, God knows all about that. Psalm 103 speaks about this. It says, God knows what you're made of and he remembers that you are dust. James puts it, we all stumble in many things. We're living proof of that verse, are we not? We all stumble in many things. And so acknowledging your defeat is the first step in moving forward. I'll never forget the great coach, John Wooten. And I know the UCLA Bruins, I was never a Bruin fan, but they had it really going there. Some 88 games they won. This streak that lasted for so long. They were world beaters out there in the college basketball world. And game after game, they were winning. And then they took on the Fighting Irish. They were even ahead by 11 points at one point in the game. But lo and behold, they lost. And the next day, it came out in the newspaper. He said, blame me. You know, that's a winner. Somebody that acknowledges and doesn't pass the buck. It's been said that one who blames others for their problem hasn't begun their education. And one who blames themselves has begun their education, but one who blames no one has finished their education. You know, when we go through defeat, we have to acknowledge that we have messed up or there's a great problem in our life. And the second thing is to accept God's forgiveness. And this, friends, is a place where I find a lot of people can't receive the forgiveness of God. God stands ready, God grants forgiveness, but people can't forgive themselves. Here in Paul's writing in Philippians 3, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Forget what is behind and focus on the future. Paul says, I press on. Don't let the defeats defeat me, he says. Defeat is an event and not a person. And you remember the agony of defeat? There years ago before the days of ESPN, you know, you had the worldwide of sports. And I can remember on Saturdays and Sundays as a kid, they had this guy falling off that ski jump. He was from Yugoslavia, and it was something like uh, in West uh, Germany back then. He fell off this takeoff ramp in the World Ski Flying Championship and landed on his head. And it was merely an accident, but for like 130, somebody counted, 130 times that appeared every year on TV. And they were doing this special, this special uh, edition, ABC News, with this guy, this Yugoslavian that fell off. And he had no idea that that agony of defeat was on there every week. And he had turned out to be very successful. He had recovered from his injuries. He had moved on. 
Defeat is never a person, it's simply an event. It's something you do, not something you become. And friends, this is a story of the Bible. This is the story of the New Testament. This is the good news, that you can receive God's forgiveness. You can know new life. Romans tells us your past is your past, and so you focus on the future and you forget the former things. Sometimes I think of this classic example that we find in Matthew 26, verse 75, and it's the story of Peter and Judas. Both these guys were disciples. Both of these guys were with Christ. They saw the incredible things going on, the marvelous parables, all the changes of life, these things that were astonishing the masses. And yet it comes down to the end, and both these guys deny the Lord. But in Peter's case, here's a guy that is uh, there, and he said, no, I don't know this fellow. No, I never heard of this guy. No, I'm not one of his band. But he realizes when the rooster crows, he's like, wow, I've really messed up. And the scripture really speaks about how he has this incredible feeling of defeat. It's such anguish. And here's a guy that says, Lord, even I don't have enough guts to stand up for you. But you know what? He goes out and the scripture says he weeps bitterly and he confesses. And he is used by God on the day of Pentecost again in an amazing way. Some 3,000 people come to the Lord. But on the other hand, with Judas, we don't see anything here about weeping bitterly. We don't see anything here about repentance. He sees with worldly remorse, but there's no change. Whatever your failure is today, my friends, you need to come to the Lord, acknowledge it, and accept the forgiveness of God. Ask for the Lord's forgiveness. And then lastly, let me say to you, it's so important to arise again, to keep moving forward. One of the great texts in the Bible that always spoke to me is the one there in the book of Jonah, chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah a second time. Notice it said a second time. We serve a God of second chances. A God who stands ready to help us up when we have succumbed, when we have faltered, when we have failed what is the difference, do you suppose, between defeat and success in life? Successful people, they get up and they keep going. Successful people keep moving forward. They learn from their defeats. They seek help from the Lord and they rise again. How do you get to be a success in, in life? It's really to outlast your critics and keep on plowing. Paul understood this. Those wonderful words of the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. He said, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. I love how the Phillips translation puts it. It says, like a boxer, I'm, not, uh, I'm knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. Paul says, you keep moving. You keep seeking God and following God. Successful disciples get up again. We really have no record anywhere where wallowing in self-pity is a helpful strategy. You can spend years really reliving the defeat in your life, the broken relationship, the lost opportunity, the business failure, the great dream that you had one day, and you can allow that to keep you from moving forward, or you can confess your faults, 
You can bring your rubble, your pile of sticks unto the Lord and find God working in your life in an amazing way. And I love that sign. I heard you heard about the guy who was both a taxidermist and a veterinarian. He has a sign on the door that said, either way you get your dog back. Friends, there's no defeat until you fail to keep walking after the Lord completely if you just give up. So I don't care what kind of defeat you've gone through, what kind of problems are in your life right now. It has, hasn't changed one iota, God's plan for your life, God's purpose for your soul, and that God has something for you to do right now. God still has a plan and a purpose for your life, and so do you want a fresh start? You need to lose the defeat. You need to seek God and acknowledge your failures before the Lord, accept God's forgiveness, and arise again following the Lord. Shall we pray together? Holy God, we come before you today in these challenging days with a pandemic that seems to drag on with no end in sight, with all kinds of challenges in our communities, with so many problems, Lord, that creep up in our lives. Lord, we need you today. Lord, we're lifting up one another. We know times are challenging. There's these feelings of alienation and isolation. We just don't see one another. It's difficult to conduct life. It's hard to move forward with such uncertainty. But Lord, we know you know the way. And Lord, with all of the failures, our mistakes, we come before you and our humanness and we seek your forgiveness. We pray, Lord, that you would surround your arms around those that are hurting today, those who have just been overcome with such adversity. May they hear your words of peace and assurance. May they come before you today. May your spirit fill their hearts and guide their lives. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus.